0: Welcome to Joy Lions' podcast. I'm your host, Joe Chap, along with my co-host, Tyler. Tyler, we have a lot to get to, so let's just hop right right into it, man. Yes, sir. So the Lions signed John Kaminsky. They re-signed John Kaminsky. They re-signed Isaiah Bugs. They re-signed Alex Anzalone. I know you love that, Tyler. Uh, They re-signed Will Harris, but I think there are three... The, the two most impactful signings that they've had t- to this point has been Emmanuel Mosley and Cameron Sutton. Those guys were teammates at Tennessee. It's going to be great to get them in Honolulu Blue. And um, obviously you add them as a, like a one-two corner punch or you add in a Jeff Okuda, Jerry Jacobs, someone in that line, of the, the way you mix it in or whatever, because you're going to have people to mix in Jerry Jacobs, Okuda, but I don't think they're done. I, I really don't. I think in the draft they're going to get a cornerback, but it this, is, this kills all people's scenarios where they would draft a corner at six, so I'm happy about that.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I do agree um, about that, but there are some people saying, like, oh, that means we're, like, totally, like, off the market of getting a cornerback in the draft, and, like, this does not mean that. Um, no. Mosley and Sutton, I think, are awesome pieces. I think it's really going to help us, but those are – those are guys you want to have around, to where you know if we do draft a young corner with a ton of like developmental upside, and um, you know he, he's a got a ton of potential. This is kind of a perfect situation in him because you can he can come in, you can learn from two guys who kind of made their way uh, through the league. I mean, and uh, and you know r- risen up like Mosley was um, an undrafted free agent, I believe. Um, and he's definitely found a way to, um, you know, make a home for himself in the NFL and Cam Sutton, who is just an absolute dog. And you know, it's a great signing when the, t- when, um, fans of the other fan base are like, shit, man, I really, uh, man, it sucks that you guys signed them. Oh my God. Like you're going to love them. Like they were like totally pissed off and upset with the Steelers front office. that did, did not re-sign cam Sutton. So that is a great sign for us. And, uh, I mean, if you just watch the guy play and you just watch the film, the dude is a straight dog. Uh, I love both of these signings. And I uh, I like that we brought some, a lot of our guys back. It does give some culture. Um, you know, it shows that there's a culture change. And it shows guys want to be here. And honestly, Anzalone, after after guys like Tr- um, Tremaine Edmonds reset the market, um, kind of at, at his value and position, um, I don't hate Anzalone at $6 million. It's a great value signing. I like all the moves we've made so far. I think Brad Holmes has got a B-plus from me so far this offseason.
0: Yeah, you know, here's the thing about the Alex Zoni coming back to Detroit. I remember I was listening to a podcast, Spitting Chicklets, which is a hockey podcast, so if you're not a hockey fan, you wouldn't get it. But um, they were talking to Rod Brindamore, and Rod Brindamore played for the Flyers. He won a Stanley Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes when they finally won a cup in Carolina. And one of the things that he said on that podcast that I kind of sticks with me to my gums is like a lot of these players that um you like when they when they're trying to become like a real legitimate team. Right. They want to like just win it by themselves. You know, they want to win it by themselves. They want to be the group that wins it uh, and, and kind of pushes forward. Um, and the flyer is they changed after the 97 Cup where they got absolutely lambasted by the Red Wings, which that was great. Um, they totally made over the team, and they took away some critical pieces that were um, depth, like a depth guys. Like um, there was a couple guys that they took out of uh, the lineup, and they they got new guys in, and it never worked in Philadelphia, and that was the reason why. And they were like, let's just let's run it back, and let's keep it going. I think Alex Zanloni is one of those guys, like that they wanted to keep because obviously he's a critical piece to what they're doing. But I also think that like the reason the Lions signed Alex Loney is this really refer, reaffirms that my hunch that the Lions are going to go draft the court line uh, linebacker in the draft. Like they're, that's what they're going to do because he was instrumental in, um, like mentoring Malcolm Rodriguez, Derek Barnes. So that's why I think that's a big huge deal why they signed him.
1: Yeah, I mean, Alex Anzalone, I mean, he led the team in tackles last year. He had 125 tackles, a pick, uh, and a couple sacks. Look, I mean, I understood. Dude, I was like, I hated Anzalone for like the last two years. But the last 10 weeks, I mean, he definitely played a lot better. And he saved himself a spot on this team and earned himself a new contract. And that's just facts. He was very pivotal in turning that around. I think what honestly was a part of the struggle in his play the first eight weeks. And, and you hear, you heard coach Campbell talk about it in a, in a press conference was that he was so worried about trying to help everyone else do their job and trying to help teach everybody else and give everybody else their assignments that it was like, he was kind of lacking in his own because he's trying to teach and help everybody out during like games and, and even in practices and warm ups. once he started, you know, leading by example or focusing on himself and his assignments and kind of, you know, um, allowing to teach that way versus neglecting his own duties he got a lot better which yeah, is I good think- because i mean you you your your poor performance was due to selflessness and development of others i mean that's that's a great like if there's any reason for you to have a dip in production you want it to be a selfless reason like that so like i can't be totally mad at that
0: no i think the alexander only sign is just is just what i just said like it's a leadership it's culture And it's trying to keep the band together, not the band together in totality, but just keep critical pieces of your team together.
1: Well, the guy, I mean, he's still fairly young, too, and I still think, like, last year was probably his best year of his career, and I still think the best football is ahead of him. I mean, linebackers a little bit, it takes a little bit longer. If you're not like an absolute athletic freak, like a Roquan Smith or a Deion Jones or like, yeah. you know, a guy that's just an absolute like athletic monster freak. Then it just... does take you a few years to like develop and learn that position because you're the IQ. You're like the quarterback of the middle of the defense. I mean, you, there's a lot to learn and a lot to know. And I think it just makes sense for this regime, the scheme, you know, the players involved, like still go definitely go draft a linebacker, please. Maybe two, draft talent in that linebacker because the Lord knows we need it but it is becoming one of the least important positions on the defense. Mm-hmm. And at least if you have a guy like Anzalone, he he has a very high IQ, and um, it just helps provide comfortability and um, familiarity with, you know, the scheme and some of the things they want to do.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's funny because I think, like, one of the reasons that, like, I'm so high on, like, them re-signing Alex Anzalone isn't because of, like, Alex Anzalone, the player. But I look at like what the Lions did after they started to get a really cohesive unit in the front in the front four, with Houston, with Hotch, uh, with Aleem, with um, Bugs. You know they had they had things going. What it makes it a job easier for a linebacker when you're off your defensive linemen are winning at their point of attack. So I look at this and I go, listen, like at the sixth pick, you're going to be at a great opportunity to go draft a guy like. Maybe Will Anderson's off the board. Maybe Tyree Wilson's off the board. But maybe Jalen Carter's there or Tyree Wilson's there. I don't think Will Anderson's going to be there at all. But who knows? You never know because some people might like Tyree Wilson more than Will Anderson. We'll see how it goes. I like Tyree Wilson a lot more than I like Will Anderson, to be honest, especially in this defense. But if you can get one of those guys like Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter, I think you're gonna see the best of your linebackers that you haven't seen yet. I think what they're what you're missing is like okay, Houston's a great uh, pass rusher on passing downs, right? But you need a guy who like who can like be the guy with um with Hutch on like the first and second down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it, absolutely. And it could be Josh Pascal. You could have a pass rushing unit where you put out Hutch. You put out Kaminsky, you put out Pascal, and then you put out maybe a Tyree Wilson, and you're freaking jelly. And then if you want to, and Aaron Glenn's feeling a little frisky, like, oh, yep, we're going to do some, you know, cute stuff, we put five down linemen and put Houston in that bitch. And then you're really cooking with peanut oil. Or you have have
1: Houston as, like, a rushing-off-the-ball linebacker, but, like, you know, standing up to kind of rush the pass on Aiden's side. Like, they kind of like they did a little bit last year at the end of the year. Well, I don't know if you heard my
0: well, you don't know if you heard my video that I did out the Friday. Um, so what I said about it is like you look at the four teams in this, in the AFC and NFC championships, right? Eagles, 49ers, Chiefs, Bengals, right? If I told you Eli Apple was the best cornerback on the Bengals, you would be like, Hell no, no, no way. Well, he was. And then for the Chiefs, it was Janarius Sneed, and he's not no name brand either. And then for the 49ers, it was Traverius Ward. Now, Traverius Ward's pretty damn good, but that front seven really stirs a drink for him. There's a, key right. in all, there's a key in all four of those teams. Their front sevens were legit. Like, their corners didn't have to do as much because that cor- those defensive linemen, <laughs> linebackers, they're getting to the ball. They're getting to the quarterback. Yeah. Like It's like,
1: boom. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're looking at, as the Lions, it's like, Dude, our cornerback play has been so ass. But if you think about it, like, dude, you can't really ask a corner to cover somebody for four or five, four and a half seconds, five seconds. I mean, you just can't. It's it's the NFL elite uh, re- receivers have elite change of direction, elite speed, and they, you know, can get creative when they're, you know, coming off their breaks. So like, you know, if you're not getting to the quarterback within, you know, two and a half seconds, I, your corners have a hard time staying a chance because. Dude, in any scheme, if you can't just get to the quarterback and you're trying to just, you know, play like sagging off deep coverage, I mean, it, it's going to be a long ride. You know what I mean? It's it's so I agree with you there. And yeah, dude, we're like one piece away from our defensive line being like, or, our, you know, yeah, our defensive line being like super scary and legit because like, like you said, we pretty much have all of our depth and rotational pieces. Yeah. Which Dude, if we get another, like, stud on the other side, like a Tyree Wilson or, you know, or even, like, a versatile guy in the middle like Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, if you get any of those premier guys at six, like, dude, you're talking about, like, we have one of the most promising young defensive lines in the entire league.
0: And I think that people are missing the guy that could really be the X factor in this defense. It's Levi Ansarike. We haven't seen much of Levi Azarike, and you, you know what? He hasn't played, the, you know, when he played, he wasn't that great. But I look at it like this, dude. If he comes in as just a pass-rushing fiend, like, I'll take it all day long.
1: Well, think about it. If he becomes, if he become like like I said, we've drafted and, and like, and signed off the waivers, our, our depth and rotational guys. If you can, if you can get to a position where Levi is healthy, I mean, he, he was on a lot of people's boards in the first and second rounds that that draft he was taking. It's a shame because he was hurt. Yeah. And I know he gets a lot of, he gets the bus label and he gets a lot of flack. He's just been hurt, man, which, which sucks. But um, I think that if he's, if this is a big if because his injuries are a big concern, if he becomes healthy and turns out to be the guy that we took, drafted him to be, and that's your fourth or fifth down-the-chain the linemen, like, shit, man, you're all you're, you're, you're really, all right.
0: No, in the, the reality, like, you look at the Eagles, right? They were a good pass-rushing team because they were deep at defensive tackle and edge, and they can get to the quarterback, and they were good. Same thing yeah, with the Chiefs. They just rotate guys all day long. Same thing with the Chiefs. I know Frank Clark is a guy who is, like, a, he's a clutch pass rusher, but Chris Jones stirs that drink, and they got George Karloftis, they got guy, Michael Dana like they can really do some some damage. It, same thing with the Bengals. You look at the don't even talk about the 49ers cuz that's exactly what the Lions should strive to be like the 49ers because their their defensive line is just they kill people. They are it literally me. should
1: have been illegal for them to sign Javon Hargrave. That was fucked.
0: Dude, I don't even I, I don't <laughs> even have, see this is what I, this is what I'm talking about with cap space. Like everyone talks about cap space like oh my god, we got 15 million cap space. I don't give a fuck because guess what all these teams find cap space out of thin air i remember a couple years ago the saints were like uh they were like 79 million dollars in the hole and they suddenly came like they suddenly found a space i was like how the hell did you do that like you know what i'm saying like what the hell and even the vikings today like they cleared like, I think they cleared, like, $15 million in Cat Space restructuring Kirk Cousins' deal. I It's just, it's, an, it's unreal.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, exactly, they, I mean, you can get very creative with it. And, you know, can you hear
0: me? Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, so they can, you know, they can get very creative with it. They can do a lot of things with it, and, and the good teams find a way. Um, and yeah, as long as you're re-signing guys and you find guys that are good fits, I mean, we've freed up some cap with some of the moves we made already. And, you know, you do a, you do a, a Vitai Harris cut and then you restructure just, Taylor Decker, you restructure, you restructure golf, you restructure a couple guys. Like, dude, we could probably get up to 30, 40 million in cap right now if we wanted to. But, uh, you know, I don't know if Brad Holmes is necessarily a big fan of kicking the can down the road.
0: Well, here's my th- – I, th- I was going to say this, okay? We're trying to build
1: a thing for a sustained success, you know?
0: Well, that's what I said yesterday on that video that I did, uh, or the audio or whatever. But um, I, I, I think that Brett Holmes, like, I think he's willing to kick some money down the road. But, like, I was telling people, like, I know he likes Charles Harris. I know he likes Romeo I think that the, at, in the end they're going to restructure those deals, I think, because I think there's much more to give from those two. The guy that I would be willing to bet gets cut, at some point, and they can announce the post June first cuts tomorrow is Vitae. I think Vitae might yeah. be gone. Um, I think there's a part of the Lions that are like hoping that it works and they're gonna see if it maybe they can restructure at some point but like, I think that the Lions are one i don't think they're done in this free agent of class i, I just think that they're, well, they're not the, done. the big the big v signing was probably
1: my one of my least favorite signings ever so
0: no, you know what the the big v signing here's here's the problem where it went okay big v was when patricia and quinn they signed this guy like poor uh, poor vitae because he came into a horrible situation they made him a tackle he wasn't a tackle like the eagles used him primarily as a guard and he was better at being a guard than a tackle. And these clown fucks—they're like putting him at tackle, thinking he's going to be the next like Jason Peters or or, or Trent Williams, like something along that lines. Like they're paying him this money because they think he's going to be like great. But like Vitai was never a tackle; he was a guard. well, he was a he was a
1: backup guard, nonetheless you know and and they moved him and when uh when Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell they moved him back to guard I mean he did have some good he did have some nice success but it's like dude it's hard because of the price tag on him like it's not his fault I mean if we had if we had him for much less like it would be one thing but I mean the dude's carrying around like a 10 million dollar cap hit
0: yeah the, the, carrying around a cap hit that big is like huge like I, you just don't want to do it so I don't, I don't I don't think it's... I think Vitae is going to be the one that's going to be cut loose. Also, we brought back one of your guys, Tyler. Will Harris is back, too. And Jesus. I, and listen, I, I know people are going to... They're going to be mad at it. Or they're going to say, like, why did we bring him back, Will Harris? He's a dope guy. I like him as a dope guy. I don't care if he's, like... If he's not the greatest, because most of your depth guys are not going to be great. I just,
1: I just know that I can't stand watching this dude as like our CB two or three, which he had to play a lot last year. Well, not really his fault because that's I mean, but that's, he was a third round, he was a third round pick, so it's like okay, you should be better than absolute ass. But apparently, he was like our highest graded corner, which is also that's crazy. That, that's
0: what I'm saying. Like it's just, it's kind of sad. But the, rea- <laughs> the reality, <laughs> the reality of the situation is like. He's not as bad as people think. It's just because he was thrusted into these roles where he's like, he's like covering like um, Stefan Diggs. It's like, dude, that guy is not going to cover Stefan Diggs. It's like, what are you doing? But they were, Dan Campbell was like, I had to do it. (laughs) That's exactly what happened.
1: I mean, you stick him on, right. I mean, I get it. You stick him on a wide receiver three. You stick him on a wide receiver four. You know, you you stick him, you know, somewhere, you know, you, you stick that guy on like a, you know, a, Corey Davis you know type of dude I mean he's, he'll be he'll be all right
0: you stick him on a guy that's like you know is kind of slow and is kind of uh, like a lard ass but you just you're like all right Will Harris you go cover that guy because uh he's... see what would
1: what would be helpful is we if you could get him to a position where he's strong enough and physical enough to be able to maybe guard some of those tight ends that would be where that would be helpful
0: yeah, that would be really helpful. Uh, I, I, dude, I see Will Harris as like a slot corner sometimes. Like he just looks – I think he could be really good in a slot. It's going to be interesting with, this, with the way that they signed Mosley and Sutton, What's how the corners are going to shake out.
1: And it makes me kind of wonder because if they are – which I mean, if they are serious about drafting a corner in the first round or the second round, which I really do think we should just because there's a lot of depth and talent at corner. If they're serious about that, there's gonna be like someone's on their way out most likely I mean and you know unless you're hoping that like Mosley sticks around like is around for just a year to kind of like help shape and mold and allow like Okuda to come into his own unless that's the plan I mean a guy like Okuda or Jerry Jacobs are gonna be on their way out but I I think they really love Jacobs and I think he's a great depth piece like he'll always be a fantastic like CB4 uh, think, CB3, I think, CB4. I think
0: Jerry Jacobs could be a great slot corner too. So, like, I don't think that they
1: like hate him. I mean, they, they got him as an undrafted free agent, and the guy works his ass off. The fans love I think, him. He's a dog. Like, pers-
0: personally, I think this is the way it's going to strike out. I think that Jerry Jacobs is going to be part of your top three corners. I think the, the guy on the outside that I don't think people are going to really realize this right now, but I think they're going to realize it by the time we get to, after the draft. And I think it's Okuda's days are numbered. It's just the way it is. Like I think...
1: I think, That's how I see it, too. The writing sign, it kind of seems on the wall. It's it's kind of like I feel like it's this regime's way of saying, like, look, man, like you, it's time to nut up or shut up. Like, if you come out here and you ball your ass off and you force us to keep you, like, we would love that. But I don't think they're necessarily expecting that from him either.
0: No, I think that these moves for the cornerbacks, like, mostly. It's an insurance or... policy on Okuda, yeah. that's, that's for sure. That's exactly what I was going to get to. But here's the thing. In the next segment, I have a critical question to ask you, Tyler. So if you're on the podcast, follow us along the next uh, in the next segment. We're have, I have a critical question for Tyler to answer. Caught! Touchdown to They did it! All right, we're back. So I have a critical question for Tyler to answer since, you know, listen, life has not been easy for Tyler. Will Harris resigned, Alex re resigned, and he popped his tire that he just got. This guy, this guy is batting a thousand. I yeah. mean, I mean, he's like Spencer Torkelson at the plate. He is just, he is batting, he's going over. But listen, Tyler, if I could give you your picture perfect moment right now, you can sign two free agents, one on offense, one on defense, for the Lions, and this would be like the finishing touches to the free agency class. I will let you choose. So there's these are the names. Orlando Brown, tackle. I don't think that's going to be the guy. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Odell Beckham, Gusecki, James Bradbury, Jordan Poyer, uh, Caleb Caleb McGarry, which is an offensive tackle. I don't think you really want that. Levante David, linebacker. Isaac Samu Malo, offensive guard. Um, Al-Shahir, already, re-sign- already signed with the Titans. Dalton Schultz, Rakya Sin. Who they're both corner back uh, and Byron Murphy are corners. The Arden Key, Juan Thornhill, which he played with the Chiefs, Yannick Nagakwe, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Juju Smith Schuster, DJ Chark, Nicole Hardman, Van Der Esch, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Fletcher Cox, Pono Ford, or are you can resign sign Jamal Williams too. And that was a lot of names. I, yeah, all right. I made it hard.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, those are all very interesting topics and are all interesting names. And I honestly was listening to all of them thinking, like, there honestly is probably more than a few that could find a way to fit onto this team. Um, I think to, if I had to choose two, did you
0: say Bobby Wagner or no? No, Bobby Wagner
1: is out of that, that whole equation. Okay. Uh on this one, if Bobby Wagner's out of the equation, I'd say my first one's gonna be Levante David, and I know you wholeheartedly agree. Yep. Uh Levante David, I mean, he's a great he's still a great pass coverage linebacker. He's very smart, good veteran presence. We've talked about him a ton on the in the pod the last couple months. Uh so Levante David would be my first choice. Um and I kind of See the idea of if if Chark doesn't resign, the idea Ooh. of having another you know free agent receiver does, um, you know is intriguing to me. Um, so it's kind of a toss up to me between
0: one of those receivers.
1: I would say, uh, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, you you cut off for a minute, but you're good.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I was gonna say uh, another choice, that second choice for me would kind of be. Um, you know, Jamal and, you know, one of those receiver options, whether it's Chark or uh, Meikle Hardman. I'm not a fan of Juju. Um, Don't really think that's what the team needs or wants right now. I think Dan no. Cable would eat his ass alive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, like the but like the idea of like having Meikle Hardman like paired up with Amin Ra and Jamo is like, dude, like speed for days. Like it, it would be crazy. Um, so so like, I'm like Chark slash Hardman. And then like Jamal, so I'm kind of teetering. I can't give you like a necessarily a definitive answer. I guess if you were holding a gun to my head and made me choose, I still would probably say Levante David and Jamal Williams, just because, so I I don't know what Jamal's going to be asking for. There hasn't been any rumor of what he's seeking for a contract value, but like, I think he's really, really important to this running back room. And I think he's really, really important to the culture and to the locker room and, even if that means we overpay a little bit from what people may think, you know, I'm not going to pay this guy like six, seven, eight, nine million a year, like no way. But I mean, if we have to pay him like a two for 10 instead of a two for eight, you know, or a two for 10 and a half, like I'll, I'll maybe overpay a little teeny bit just because of the the value he adds to the culture in the locker room. But um, you know, if it starts to get North of 6 million, then, you know, Give me, give me Chark or Michael Hardman because I, uh, I think we need to have another veteran, you know, receiver presence to kind of help, help out with uh, J-Mo and St. Brown.
0: So I was thinking about this too, and um, I was like, man, there's some, there's some guys that really, there's like multiple guys I'd like to add. Oh yeah, oh definitely defense. But I looked at it and I go, okay, on the offensive side of the ball, I, I'll tell you who I'm adding. I'm Dalton Schultz. I think Dalton Schultz is like, a, is like a total Dan Campbell type tight end. I don't think he's going to come really expensive. I think you can get him for a pretty good deal. Um, I really like Dalton Schultz as a, as a tight end. I think that he, like him and Jared Goff, I think they would be really on. What, do you, what do you think
1: you could maybe get for a contract for him? Like maybe like two for 12, two for 15?
0: I mean, I would, I would even go two for like, I would kind of overpay for a minute. Like, I'd give him two for 18. Yeah. Like, I, I think that Donald Schultz would. Uh, and, and a lot of people
1: wouldn't say that, wouldn't say that's an overpay because, I mean, he is, you know, yeah. on the kind of edge of like, if I really want bo- the bottom if, tier of like tier one tight ends, but definitely the top tier of like tight end, like second tier.
0: Yeah. If I really wanted to be frisky, I can go uh, Mike Kosicki. I think that Mike Gesicki is the kind of tight end that you would, you would kind of pair with like a Mahomes or someone with a, a dynamite arm. Cause I think Gesicki is one of those guys that like, he's not kind of like an oversized receiver. Yeah. He's an oversized receiver. I think Dalton Schultz, where he came from Stanford and you know, obviously Jared Goff being a Cal guy. I think they could really be on par cause they're both smart guys and they both think like the same way, you know, I think it's very important to like get a tight end that could like be you know, Goff's best friend, like, you don't have to spend a a draft pick in the first round on a tight end, I mean, I do like Michael Mayer a lot, and Darnell Washington, but I'll keep that to myself, um, I just, it's
1: just tough, because, like, I mean, the market right now, like, there is a decent market, like, with free agent tight ends, and, like, tight ends that that could be available, and it's, like, I don't know, it's hard, like, we've just, I mean, we've we've become so sour, and just, like scarred from early round tight ends, especially, you know, top 10 tight ends, um, <laughs> but first round tight ends in general. So it's like, we've done that. We've seen that story too many times. And I think Lions fans were like, we don't want to see that replay again, but I think more and more we're seeing that like tight end value is like, you can get guys in the third, fourth, fifth, yeah. that are like a top level starters. You can go get guys in the market. There's even older guys. I mean, you could go get guys like, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like the older guys, Delaney Walker and Mercedes Lewis and like these guys that are like old as shit, but still like can provide something from the tight end position. Like
0: I just like a Dalton Schultz. I think he's a smart tight end. And I think when you're working with Dak and you can be, you can be sustainable. I think that tells me a lot, which breaking news for you, Tyler, Uh, Stefan Gilmore traded to the Cowboys for a fifth round pick. Obviously. Obviously I think that, you know, that would have been great to get for the Lions, but I think that obviously it's another defensive player that's kind of pushing where he wants well, to go.
1: And you got ca and you got uh money that has a play in that too. I mean, I, I believe he's got a pretty hefty contract.
0: Yeah, he's got a hefty contract, which you know what means I think I don't think Vander is going back to Dallas, but I just think you know what the funny part about Dallas is, they always they always I think they're they got a corner for what reason? They got trade Van Diggs. I mean, Gilmore will help that out because Diggs gets burnt all the time. But the reality of the situation is, I thought they could trade for a wide receiver, to be honest. Like, they should be in those yeah. old El Beckham sweepstakes. I don't Jerry, know what...
1: Jerry needs to get a, a freaking
0: GM, man. It, dude, it's been to, so long. Like, you could, Can you imagine if Brad Holmes was his general manager in Dallas? Like, think that'd be stupid. Thank God he's not. But here's, here's the thing like, it's just, it just Jerry Jones, like, He's like that age-old proverb, you know, like where like it's like the old football guy versus the new football guy, like the guy that's kicking his ass right now is a new football guy, Howie Roseman, and he's the old football guy. It's like we're gonna play tough and physical, and uh, you know,
1: which is fine, but you got, dude, he seems like he's so damn confused on his personnel. He he's more worried about putting asses in seats so he gets these big names and and these big stars and this and that and and you know pays pays Zeke you know groundbreaking money because you know Zeke uh, you know has a lot of social media followers and all the kids like him and you know he's cool he he
0: loves Zeke he just he just does that's something that I I just don't get but I'm glad I'm not a Cowboys fan because they're it's a total I I tell you I'll tell you what I wouldn't trade I think the Lions have the better quarterback in Jared Goff I don't I don't view Dak Prescott as a top like I don't view him as a top quarterback in the league, to be honest. And I think they got, like, I think you look at their defense, and I think that the Lions are trending better in their defensive team than the Cowboys are, to be honest. Because, like, Demarcus Lawrence, he's he's an older guy, but, you know, they got Micah Parsons, which is great. But, like, besides that, they're going to lose Van Der Ash this year. So that's going to suck for them. But whatever. Jerry Jones is going to be Jerry Jones. But for my. Yep, that's for sure. But for my offensive guy, obviously I went Dalton Schultz, and we're gonna take him away from the Cowboys since they want to, you know, give Stephon Gilmore a lot of money. But for my defensive guy, and this, and you know, offensive guy was really like I really wanted a guard, but I think we can get a guard in the draft, so I'm not really worried about it. Defensively, I'll tell you where I'm gonna go, and this is gonna be a little bit of a shock to you, Tyler. A little bit of a shock. Okay. Huh? I am gonna go. I am gonna go. I was gonna go Levante David, but then I changed my mind. Too obvious,
1: uh, right? You already know. We already know it's your man crush Monday.
0: But what if I told you we don't have to draft Jalen Carter because we're getting Fletcher Cox?
1: Yeah, that'd be interesting for Let's sure,
0: roll, baby. Let's roll him and the Lee McNeil and Bugs. Oh my god! Just... Well, he can teach. So, I mean, and he's one of those guys that are
1: older, but he's got like like those positions when they're like the talent that they are they can they can play for a long time and they you know they have a lot to provide especially from a mentor aspect and i mean that dude he's he's still a monster man like
0: see i the Fletcher Cox thing like i just think like man if you can get Fletcher Cox you can get him when i mean he's not even old. He's, i'm i'm i'm
1: speaking on him like he's old as hell like he's only like 32 like he's right. not like but in football terms that is pretty
0: old and he's been right. he's been around the block, but I just should look at him like, okay, you give him limited snaps. You, it's like a calming influence in that defensive uh, tackle locker room. Basically, they get to learn from the best. You know, one of the reasons I wanted Jalen Ramsey when before you know we knew he was going to Miami was like I wanted him to come in and be like a like a guiding force for those corners that were like that we drafted or maybe Okuda can learn from him. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's what I look at when I look at these, uh, these veteran Chinese and it's the same thing with Z- Ellen's Like the reason the lion signed in is because of his mentorship towards Malcolm Rodriguez. And it's going to be the same thing when they draft the linebacker this year. Yeah. So that's, that's where I would go with um, the two free agents. But
1: I mean, Hey, look, man, you go, Hey, look, go sign Fletcher Cox. Go, uh, go trade a go trade a fifth for Slay, and uh, really get the band back together. Can you
0: imagine that that secondary with uh, Slay, Tracy, nice. Kirby, Joseph, Mosley, Sutton, Sutton. Jacob? Oh, yeah. oh my
1: god! Uh, I, An- Anzalone's job would get much easier being a linebacker. That's for damn sure.
0: Anzalone's job would get easier. Rodrigo can roam like he did at Oklahoma State. That's that's the issue, like I I always tell people like they always go like, oh you know like Malcolm he he had a gr- he had a good rookie season not great I was like you'd have a good rookie season too if you had to do everything that you had he, to do he he had
1: he had a great rookie season twelve tackles for a loss that was that was the most hit by any rookie he killed it
0: yeah I agree with that totally.
1: I mean, anybody saying that like Rodrigo's season was anything less of awesome, especially for, you know, where he was at. I mean, value-wise, I don't think anyone can argue, but just as a, as a whole, I want to say like, dude, he was like a top, dude, he might've been like a top three or top five rookie linebacker in terms of, um, like grading and advanced metrics and stuff. I mean, he was a stud.
0: Yeah, he was a total stud. And I just think that like Rodrigo had a great rookie year, so I think they're going to be on, on the greater thing. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about the, the we're going to wrap up the free agent um, fiasco, and we're going to go on to, like, wrapping it up and doing what we're doing. Detroit to Lions! They did it! Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Joe Chev. Tyler was with me. We got to get to the news. What's up, everybody? The news around the league, Tyler. It's just flowing with news and breaking news and I mean, one of the things that we just saw that you we kind of tied to Jamal Williams in this is kind of a little bit of uh It's not good. It's not good. I'm telling you right now, especially with Joe Mixon getting his house raided, like he's Snoop Dogg. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? I, I mean, yeah. So, Samaj P. Ryan
1: just signed with the Broncos, two years, seven and a half million dollar deal, and the reason it relates to Jamal Williams. Um, look, the Bengals are one of the front runners to be interested in Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just let their kind of their backup, like power back, yep. uh, go to the Broncos, which dude, the Broncos are literally printing money. Like that Walmart money, you must be feeling nice. <laughs> like they're just literally printing the shit. They're just giving everybody bags. It's crazy. Well, they,
0: they closed the store in Portland cause it was getting robbed. So I'm pretty sure they're re- recouping the money that they just uh, <laughs> closed the store with. So,
1: so <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So my JP Ryan, two years, seven and a half million, um, in my mind, this gets the uh, the Bengals by losing him. It gets them closer to the Jamal Williams sweet stakes because they were a team that was really interested in him yep. uh, and that just opened up another spot for a running back and yep. opened up a little bit of money and overall the situation just makes sense for a Jamal Williams to Cincinnati uh, relationship and that sucks a little bit. It definitely turns the dials a little bit more in their favor than previously thought but We'll see. Um, that also rolls into the next question, Joe, is uh do you see us actually re signing Jamal? Is that a real possibility? Uh Jamal, uh and uh, you know, and DJ Chark. Um, or do you think that these guys are on their way out? Like what's the vibe that you're feeling like just from covering the offseason so
0: far? I think DJ Chark is gone. I think uh, some- I think that's fair. I think someone is gonna give him Someone's gonna strike out with one of these wide receivers that they really, really want, like trading for a wide receiver, you know. And I think that they're gonna just say, "Here, DJ Chark. Here is 15 million. You know what I'm saying? And at that point, like if I'm Lions, I'm not, I'm not matching that. Are you nuts? Like DJ Chark? No guy couldn't stay healthy to save his life. He's one, he's one step away from being a hospital bed. So you're just not gonna match it. Jamal Williams, this is an issue that you have with Jamal Williams. If the Bengals are in on Jamal Williams, and let's say, like, obviously P. Ryan went to Denver, Uh, Joe Mixon, like, like I said, is getting his house rated again, Uh, they're going to be all in on a running back. And this is where you're going to – this is where it's going to really suck for a Lions fan if they really want Jamal Williams back. And this is really going to tell about the Lions culture because if he turns down the Bengals to come back to the Detroit Lions, because I can tell you right now – that if the Bengals offer Jamal Williams, they're going to offer him a bigger contract than I think the Detroit Lions can match. Just that's my intuition. Because if P. Ryan's gone and Mixon is on his last leg in Cincinnati, um, Jamal Williams is going to be their top guy, to be honest.
1: And and this is one area where I... Like, this is one specific area that I can point to that I actually think this regime kind of screwed up. Um. And I mean, everybody's not going to be perfect in hindsight's 2020, but I think their idea was, Hey, look, and I don't know if it was because I don't know this, this was the team's idea or Jamal's and his agent's idea, because there hasn't been a lot of like open dialogue about how it's going, but I do know that Jamal wanted to be back and he's been very vocal about that. Yeah. So the the spot where I think they messed up was not locking him down earlier when he didn't have a chance to go shop. I think maybe the Lions thought, hey, if Jamal can go shop and figure out he's maybe worth, you know, you know, three, four million dollars and we can come in and we can say, hey, we'll give you four and we can kind of like maybe the market won't give him the number he's looking for and he can kind of run back home and we can get a hometown discount. Maybe that was their thinking. But uh, with the, some of the trans, uh, the events that have transpired, like the Bengals or some other teams that are interested um, you know, the Jets losing James Robinson and still having Brees Hall recovering with an ACL and them possibly getting Aaron Rodgers and, you know, him and Jamal, you know, were teammates in Green Bay. Now you're kind of looking at yourself, kicking yourself in the ass saying, damn, I we should have locked him down. Like, that's where I think like they screwed up. And and this regime makes a lot less mistakes than previous regimes. So, I mean, no one's perfect, but I think looking back on this, I think, Brad Holmes may end up regretting that he didn't lock Jamal Williams down maybe a month or two ago when he had the opportunity.
0: See, this is where I disagree with you a little bit. And I think a lot of Lions fans are thinking that like that Jamal Williams is like this end all be all. But what Brad Holmes did is exactly what great GMs do. They allow their player to go test the open market. I mean, let's be honest. Like there was a guy in this town, Stevie Y when he was with Tampa Bay. He let his major he let he 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 let his team captain Steven Stamkos go test the F and Market. He's like, you go test the market and you go see what's gonna happen. And he did. He turned and he, he came back to Tampa Bay. He turned down like um, more money in Toronto and Detroit to go back to Tampa and it's worked out pretty well for him. These great general managers, they'll be like, listen, I'm i am going to offer you a deal and you can take it now or you can leave it and then you, we'll circle back when you test the free agent market. That's what they did to John Kaminsky because I heard through a little bit of people that the reason that John Kaminsky got the deal he got, which was 8.5 for two years or whatever, his people wanted like $10 million for two years. So you were paying $5 million a year instead of like, what is it? Four, yeah, four and some change. Four and some change in a roster bonus, like that's what Brad Holmes does, and that's what great general managers do. Like they don't just say, like, okay, like we know you're a huge part of this team, right? We know. I guess that
1: does it gives them the ability to like it allows them to like feel like they have the freedom and like if they want to come back on their own accord, then fine. Like it does, I do see how it kind of brings back value, kind of like. You know what I mean, like kind of like, kind of how when parents like if if their kids acting full and they're like I want to move out or I want to make my own decisions, it's like okay then fine, go, go make out. your own decisions, go do go be a damn man, and once you figure it out that you made a mistake, you can come back with your tail between your legs.
0: I think it's exactly like that, and I think that you know obviously like you would love to sign Jamal Williams right off the hop, but the reality of the situation is this, Tyler, like you want to sign the guy right now, right? You want to sign him before he gets a free agency but the reality of the situation is like sometimes you have to let them test the waters to realize like what they have is like good enough you know what i'm saying right let's be honest this is jamal williams last chance at a real payday so he was going to test the market anyways after his his historic year that he had last year but if we're being honest like a lot of those runs were one yard runs and like yeah we know he's a team leader but like with Dan Campbell in that locker room, you're really not going to have a significant fallout. And I think they're going to look for someone that's exactly like Jamal Williams if they do lose Jamal Williams. It's not Brad Holmes' fault that he he was looking at this, the cap and going, okay, we can't spend that much money on a running back. Because you look at running backs, dude, Like you are one bad contract away from being totally inept at that position. It's just a bad spot to be yeah. in. Like, you look at the, you look at the, like, like Austin Eckler, okay? Austin Eckler is a freaking phenomenal running back, okay? He's, he, he wants a trade from the Chargers, okay? And the Chargers granted his permission to seek a trade. Why? Because they don't want to pay him the money that he's going to be getting when he's, like, he's on the later half of his career. What's, 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 what's what people need to realize is like running back is like a throwaway position right now. Like, you, you just don't really give running backs money. <laughs> I got a question
1: for you now. Yeah. We could do a whole segment on this, I'm sure. If uh, if Jamal's gone and our only running backs on the roster are Swift and Craig Reynolds and you're staring down Bijan at 18, are you going to do it?
0: You take them, you take them, you take them. I, listen, I, I have said it before, and I'll say it again. Like, them signing two corners today, it gives me the flexibility to be like this, Okay. At 18, if Bijan's on the board, I'm taking his ass. I don't care. Like, I just don't care. Like, go get his ass. Especially if you lose Jamal Williams. Are you really going to be worried about drafting a running back in the first round when you got two first-round picks and you just drafted uh, Tyree Wilson at six? Like, Bijan John Robinson is going right. to be a total stunt. And the fact is, the reality is this. Like, I don't think that Lions fans get this yet. But, like, DeAndre Swift is not going to be your run with us next year. Like, I just can't can- guarantee you that. Like, he's – some other team is going to yeah, bite bar, the barring
1: some, like – barring some crazy, like, anomaly year where he stays healthy the whole year. And, I mean, literally, he – like, he has to play, like, at least 14 games to even consider it, maybe 15, because they yeah. really – like, the health is his main concern. And, you know, he's got to put together, like, a great year, like a 2,000, like, like all-purpose yards type of year, like, for – I think to like ha- to give consideration of an actual real contract. Like we may be able to if, like able to bring him back after next year on like as like a depth piece. But I think he's like going to be trying to get what he can out of a next contract. Yeah. And some team will be dumb enough to throw him some money. Yep. So like, no, it bar. Yeah. Barring like an anomaly of a year. Like we're probably seeing like the end of DeAndre Swift.
0: Even if it's an anomaly of the year. And he goes and smashes the Russian record, based on his health in the previous seasons. I can't give him another contract. I just can't. So I'm, I'm either way. I'm looking for a, a running back this in this draft. This this draft is deep with running back. You can go around for the round one through seven, and there's just running backs down the board.
1: Oh yeah, you got you got you got Chase Brown. You got Deuce Vaughn. Ty, I mean, you've got
0: you got Tajay Spears from Tulane. You got Mo Ibrahim from uh from uh, Minnesota. Jair Gibbs, Jair Jameer Gibbs from Jameer, sorry, Jameer yeah Jamir Gibbs. Gibbs from Alabama. There's Keandre Miller from TCU. There's so many great running backs in this draft. So yeah, if, if 18 staring at you in the face and it's Bijan Robinson that's right there and you lost them all and you're looking at the prospects of DeAndre Swift not being with you next year, hell yeah, I'm taking Bijan. Oh, yeah,
1: because now you're I mean now you're looking at a guy that's basically you know Saquon Barkley, but a lot younger, a lot less miles, and a lot cheaper.
0: Well, let's be honest. Like the Texas didn't run Bijan into the ground. One of the no, 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 Texas, one of the things Texas did right was they had a good, they had two good running backs, roshan Johnson and Bijan uh, Robinson. Well,
1: well, look, I mean, look what the hell happens when I mean, dude. Have you seen the like amount of carries that like Jonathan Taylor got in college? Like it was insane. it's crazy. I mean, he's it only like insane. twenty. He's only like twenty four, dude, and he's got. As many miles as some of these dudes have in their like early 30s, man. I mean, the guy he was getting like 400, 400 touches a year at Washington or at uh Wisconsin, at, yeah. at at, at his, Wisconsin, and then he's coming in the league and they're ramming him with 400 that's touches my, a year. I mean, the dude's got 1600, almost probably
0: 2,000 carries on his legs, and he's like 24 years old. <laughs> that right there, that what you just said about uh, uh Jonathan Taylor about the amount of carries he got at Wisconsin. That is the reason Wisconsin running backs and in, in a lot of portions they don't last in the league, because by the time they get to the NFL they're just they're broken down and beaten. them. Jonathan Taylor is a freak, but you look at that down down the line of Wisconsin running backs that were great in college, and then got to the NFL and just fell off. I mean, you're going Melvin Gordon, you're going, um, you're going um, James White they're they, ron dane like there's so many guys down the line that were great in college and then they they just get ran into the ground Bijan robinson was a difference like they they had roshan johnson that they were kind of they they kind of split carries i mean monty
1: monty ball went to wisconsin right he wasn't he was supposed to he was like a what a first or second round pick
0: monty Ball's another one he broke the, i think he broke the touchdown at wisconsin too i mean dude was just
1: yeah but dude got like Two, three, like two years, decent years in the NFL, and the dude was just broken down so damn bad that like it just, it just didn't work.
0: Yeah, if you go with running backs from certain schools, like dude, you're gonna get yourself into some trouble. Like, I think like, okay, let's forget Derrick Henry. Okay, the dude's a freaking animal. Like, I think that yeah, he's a monster. He's literally built in a lap. Like, the dude's in, unreal, built in a freaking lap. But like, you look at Alabama running backs too, like i mean Najee harris has had some injury history tj Yaldin, uh trent richardson like you go to online like there's yeah you know, i mean
1: you know? and, and there's still some guys to be seen i mean josh jacobs uh you know even uh,
0: he's had injuries I yeah mean, you gotta go you gotta go with it i mean like this is why i say like running back is like a throwaway position you draft them you draft one you keep drafting these running backs every year you're drafting a running back in my opinion it's like the san francisco 49ers, okay like, they, they draft a running back pretty much every year. Well, what do
1: we talk about in previous pods? We always talked about you need to find positions where you can have a carousel that you can continually get fresh legs, and as long as you have good coaching, good culture, and a good team, like, you can cycle through those guys, and that's okay. But, like, and we just need to figure out, like, you know, that's like, like you said, the Niners, dude. Like, the elite teams, they, like, they know how to do stuff like that. I mean – The Kansas City Chiefs, they do it all the time with receivers and running backs because they have a staple in Mahomes and Kelsey and everything else is interchangeable. As long as you have those two, you have a really good chance of making an an AFC championship. If you have Mahomes, Kelsey, and Andy Reid, you got a really good chance.
0: You get to the line, okay, like these good franchises always do. The Steelers. The Ravens, the Chiefs, the Niners, you get to a point where you're you, you have so much depth in other positions. Like, yeah, you could take the hit of Tyreek Hill not coming back into to, to the, the Chiefs. You could take the hit of you losing your fuck your like three starting quarterbacks for the 49ers because your defense is so badass. You know, like the oh, Ravens. Yeah. I mean, like it's the crazy. Ravens, the Ravens, like they could be like. They could say, like, we put the exclusive tag on on Lamar Jackson. If we lose Lamar Jackson, cool. But we're not paying him, like, we're not going to give him uh, this long term deal, like, seven years and 250 million. You know what I'm saying? They're like, this guy isn't going to last that long. Like, he's just, it's just not. Like, it, I, you know what's funny, though? Is like, people look at the Bears, right? And they say that the Bears are going to be sneaky good next year. Justin Fields is like the, he is the, he is the Walmart version of Lamar Jackson. He is a guy like that, like, dude, he's he, he there's a couple plays. He's a human highlight reel sometimes. He's a big physical guy. But the reality of the situation is when he goes in that pocket and he's standing back there, he's throwing a pick to Aiden Hutchinson, who is like right there. Like he's just Aiden Hutchinson's in the is, is in coverage and he just throws it to him. Like I'm like, what is, the hell is wrong with you? Right. Like I, I don't fear Justin Fields. Like I feared Lamar Jackson because like I know I've been hard on Lamar Jackson because you wanted Lamar Jackson, you were you're banging on the drum earlier in the season, but like I think yeah, it's Ron-
1: not after not after
0: I found out his price tag and what we have to give up to get him, I'm good. Well, I feel like Lamar Jackson is like a guy like you uh he's kind of like your running quarterback. Like he's just your stereotypical running quarterback. He's great he's a great he's so amazing to watch. Like, you love watching. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he definitely Justin Fields can't, is not going to hold a candle to
1: the former MVP right now.
0: But the the one thing about Lamar Jackson that I worry about is he's missed games the last two years. He has had yeah. some injury history. And, like, listen, Michael Vick was one of the best running quarterbacks I've ever seen in my entire life, and it didn't win him nothing. Like, eventually, you're going to have to stand back in that pocket, and you're going to have to throw a label well, down the side. That's what kind of worries me, too, about, like like, with Bills with like
1: Josh Allen dude I mean That guy sacrifices his body bad Like if I'm his coach I'm saying Stay your ass in the damn pocket and relax
0: Josh Allen's another guy that like I think that like if he doesn't Cool it with this running bullshit He's going to oh, yeah, he's going to be he's gonna wish, be, I mean yeah, he's look gonna at be, look at this here he had injuries with his elbow like it, it, just stop, like don't run the ball like I know you want to run the ball and you want to you know like Mahomes does it and and Allen does it and all these good but don't run most of the time like just if you can't find an open lane to throw just check it down and throw it out Well of- it's not even that or you know slide
1: protect your body like I've seen Josh Allen like I don't know we're getting on other topics here but I've seen him I've seen dude straight chuck his body like into defenders and try to jump up over people and literally just like sprawl out for first downs, which like, dude, I mean, he's got heart, you know, he's a good player, but you can't just be chucking your body at the defenders. Like, it's like,
0: you know, open season, man. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like you said, we were going on a separate topic. It's the same topic to be honest. If you're looking at it the right way, like all these players that we have just named Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, um, Justin Fields, like, they all have in common the same thing. They like to run the ball. And what do we say about running backs, Tyler? They have a shelf life of, like, yes, five to six years. So, like, I know people love Jamal Williams, and they love, like, like I know people want to sign Lamar Jackson, but the reality of the situation is, like, when you put yourself in harm that much, eventually your body's going to break down. Like, it's just a reality of the situation. Like, you see guys like Tom Brady... You see, guys like Peyton Manning lasting so long, Drew Brees, why? Because they don't run the ball. Like they don't run at all. Like I mean, the one I I remember some someone saying this about uh, Patrick Mahomes, and he said, and he agreed with it. The reason that he got hurt in it, that that uh, that divisional game was because he went to go run the ball instead of just check it down. You know, if he would have checked it, if he would have checked it down, he wouldn't have got hurt. But that's one of the things that Mahomes is like okay I I now I see why it's just better to like Well well, live it well that's day. one
1: well, that's one thing I mean it killed Andrew Luck's career it killed RG3's career Yep exactly I that's- mean you know I mean it just I mean it kills careers man and, and uh, but you have to learn how to adapt because you know there is a time and place for that stuff especially when you're young and you're in your first few years in the league and you're making electrifying fine plays that's great but uh you know who's the guy that really has adapted to that in his career and, and turned a really lengthy career into that is um is Aaron Rodgers yeah you know he 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 used to be a lot more mobile than people actually gave him credit for I mean he he could take off at pretty much any time and and really you know pick up 10 12 15 yards um uh, you know big Ben at times too but you know you learn to kind of like you know calm it down a little bit and and rely on your mind and your arm and you know and your core um you know to be able to deliver these strikes and extend your career you know and and uh you know, man. I'm just, you know, everybody's got their their opinions, and of course, like that's what makes Lamar Jackson special. That's what makes the you know Josh Allen special. That's what makes Mahomes special. But you know what? I'll tell you what, Lamar Jackson. He's still young. He he perfects the craft of learning how to stay in that pocket and you know deliver these strikes. He becomes a really dangerous quarterback. So yeah, it'll be it, fun to kind of see if he's able to to like you know, grow his shelf life by maybe, you know, learning how to rely on his arm more than his legs.
0: Yeah. Sometimes if you could just, if you could just like sit back there, like you can be fine, but like some of these guys, like they're just, they just, they, they struggle Ready to
1: take off, man.
0: They they, yeah. they want to take well, off. Shit, watching episode.
1: Vic, dude, this watching Vic, man, this guy would just like, I, I swear he would drop back and immediately just tuck and run, dude. He was gone. It was like, it was great and cool to watch, but.
0: You know it, it broke down his body and then like it's the same thing with running backs. Like we say it all the time, like you don't pay running backs because of that. Same thing. Like we, we I would love to pay DeAndre Swift, but the reality of the situation is like he has not shown he could be healthy and Jamal Williams, no matter what you say about like it might have been a mistake, might might not have been a mistake. Like I'm not gonna like fully like give him a contract that he's totally gonna accept because that one that means that as a negotiator, like, I just gave him, like, the bag without even knowing yeah. what the what the bag was. You know what I'm saying? Like, Brad Holmes is smart. He's not going to give a, a corner or he's not going to give a running back. He has his own personal cap that he kind of has. I That's what I believe. So, well, and,
1: and kind of, and and I agree, and kind of wrapping this whole kind of topic up, it, there's one last thing I want to ask you. Out of all the, you know, all the guys we've signed, Right, we signed, uh, you know, some special teams guys. We signed, signed, re-signed. Um, you know, Zilstra, Brock Wright, yep. Um, you know, Matt Nelson, Anthony Pittman, Anzalone, Bugs Kaminsky, and uh, Harris. Um, so far, yep. This is the last uh, last question, oh, Craig Reynolds, shout out, Craig. Um, I gotta ask you one more thing: Is there anybody left that's unsigned outside of? Now, now, let's say, okay, first off, before I ask you this, do you want Shark back? Yes or no? Like, if he can be affordable, no. like, do you want him back? No, I'm good. Okay. okay. And, and so, I, so, I leave that out of the equation, you know, not including Jamal because I think everybody's on board with if the price is right, we want Jamal. Right. Is there anybody else on this team that's a priority for you to re-sign? I know there's, a, like, I think Evan Brown's going to be asking for a big bag. Um, like, and there's a couple, like, smaller guys that we maybe haven't, like, re-signed yet i mean you know sudfeld um you know reynolds i think josh reynolds is up for uh khalif raymond there's a couple guys that like no. They're, are... the
0: khalif raymond reynolds they're they're all good to go oh they, they
1: extended them last year didn't they
0: so, so your free agents are going to be williams chark brown Ford, woods justin jackson deshaun Elliott, that... nate sudfeld awari tommy kramer bobby price and austin bryant
1: is there any one of those guys that you need to bring back Um, and if so, who are they and why do you need them back?
0: Do I get picked one or two?
1: No, I mean, like, I mean, honestly, I mean, as many as you need, but like actual guys that you think we, like, we need to bring back and guys like that you're comfortable just letting go because we're in a position, we have enough cap. We can probably bring all those guys back and kind of get, keep, keep the crew together because they're going to be a lot of cheap contracts. But is there any like any one of the like any group of those guys that really stick out that like we absolutely need to bring back, or someone that you really want to come back?
0: So I'm gonna bring back three players. Okay, I'm gonna bring back Deshaun Elliott. I think that that'd be a great guy to bring back because I think that he was really stout in the run defense, you know, department. Mm-hmm. But the two guys that I'm gonna name are off the board. Literally, they are off the board. Well, not they're they're on the board of free agents, but they're off the board. Josh Woods and Chris Board, period.
1: Like, yeah, it it makes sense because for special teams,
0: that's exactly what I'm thinking. Special teams. Like I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I want to bring back Josh Woods and Chris board just for special teams, because I don't think people realize this because it's kind of a glossed over element in football, but like special teams is like huge. Like it is absolutely massive. It's like, In basketball, you know, I know Tyler is a huge basketball guy. Like, he loves loves the Pistons and everything. But, like, if you don't make your (laughs) – Unfortunately. That's another story for another day. But, like, if you don't make your free throws as a basketball team, like, you're probably going to suck, just being honest, you know. You're not going to win the games that you should. Same with special teams. Like, if you don't have good special teams in hockey and football – like you're gonna suck. Like you have to have the, the good special teams because it's like the it's like the it's like the ultimate X factor that you don't really think about. You know what I'm saying? And I think Josh Woods and Chris. Yeah, well, and
1: those guys will probably come back for those guys will probably come back for pennies too. I mean,
0: yeah. And the thing about Josh, the thing about Josh Woods is he's a defense. He's a special teams leader. Like if you go look up the Lions and their 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 like their what is it the, the where they do the mic'd up or whatever. Go yeah. look at the one where Josh Woods was mic'd up. Like, that guy is freaking incredible. Like, I. Big Dan Campbell guy type of guy. Dude, when I was listening to this, I was, like, I was ready to run through a freaking wall. It was 11 o'clock at night, and I was, like, oh, let's fucking go, dude. Like, right. this this guy is just, he is totally on the ball. And, like, it's hard to find good special teams, guys. And, and, and it's, it really is. Like, especially, like, the elite ones. And I think Josh Woods is one of those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think um, you know, and kind of wrapping this whole um section up, I think uh, I think Evan Brown's a guy that's expendable. Yeah. Uh, I think that he's going to be asking for way too much money. I
0: mean, when he's when he's ten million dollars a year, I mean, you're not you're just you're just not going to, you know, pay him the per freight like what you want.
1: Yeah, I I I just I think I mean I mean he he was a great piece for us he kind of gave me like reminiscence of the guys that we kind of had um, in previous years kind of like you know gives you some versatility kind of like a like a Graham Glasgow um, or you know just guys that can play like all like like can play center they can play guard they can kind of like shift all over you know decent IQ and I think Evan Brown's a good player I think uh, but I think he'll be more valuable to some team that wants to kind of overpay for that Um or more valuable for a team that really needs that. Um, you know, because as of right now, I mean, you, I mean, if you, if you know you can go get starter money, you don't want to be, you know, the fifth or sixth guy in a, in a rotation. Um, you know, cause especially went with us where I don't feel like we necessarily need to bring a guy back like that, but I, I would agree with you. I think uh, I would love to have Deshaun Elliott back. I don't know if we can, as far as what he's going to be asking for money wise or, you know, um, there's a couple guys that I kind of like gave up hope them back, and it was kind of like Deshaun Elliott and, and Chark just because of like yeah. the money situation.
0: But yeah, if you, had, if you, to, if blah, you told me, yeah, I mean, if you told me I had to get rid of one to keep two, I'd get rid of Deshaun Elliott to keep Reynolds, and, I mean, Woods and uh, board, just being honest. I think, yeah, I mean, I think, and I, I think, think we have enough, we're starting to have enough depth at that I, position where. I think you're right. Elliot can be – he's expandable. Same with Chark. Like, I think that, like, you can go find cheaper options in a draft. And, you know, Deshaun, he really played a vital role for us because Kirby Joseph came along, and obviously we didn't predict that Tracy Walker would get hurt. So, seeing what Tracy Walker's uh, rehab status is – Well, it seems like
1: natural practice for for the Lions and other teams in general, everybody kind of takes – they they take a safety at some point, whether it's in the draft or the undrafted free agents. Usually guys bring in a couple safeties because it's a position that breaks down quickly. They get hurt a lot. You know, there's a lot of injury. So I mean, you know what? I mean, there there's definitely guys that, you know, shit, we could we could grab a safety easily in the fifth or sixth round, or we could wait till the undrafted free agents come out and we could go find ourselves a hard hitting thumper that, you know, maybe is seventy percent of what Elliot is or what he brings, but for, you know, 90% less money. So,
0: yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And um, obviously we're going to see what happens with Jamal Williams, DJ Chark. but we'll wrap up the pod pick podcast in the next segment. It's going to be a short segment. We did a pretty long segment with this. We spanned a lot of stuff. So here we go with the next segment. It's going to be just wrapping it up and we'll, we'll get to it. So we'll see you in the next segment. They did it! All right, we're at, we're, we're back. Lions—they're they, in the free agency market. Obviously, Jamal Williams is unsigned up until this point. Where we're recording the podcast at like five fifty on a Tuesday, so I'm fully expecting by the time we get off that he'll sign with the Lions. Wow.
1: <laughs> um, James Bradbury re-signed with the Eagles. I saw that. Yeah, dude. Uh, a three, dude. What? three years for 38 million that's a steal wow 20 million guaranteed that is a that dude you gotta you gotta believe that that is absolutely like a i want to stay here like hometown discount like we just went to the super bowl i want to be here because i i think he could have got more money Yeah,
0: Yeah. I also also wonder.
1: Dude was was a freaking all pro.
0: Was anybody willing to give him a third year? That's what I wonder. Like, was were people like just going like, "Oh, we'll give you two years instead of three years"? You know what I'm saying? And
1: then James Bradbury is kind of one of those guys where it's like he's really good in a very specific system, but like you start to like sway from that, and like, like I don't know, he's very like scheme oriented, like you know what I mean? Like I don't know if he would have fit. I don't know if he. I don't know if he fits many places. Outside the Eagles, where you can have that kind of level of success.
0: Well, let's be honest. I mean, if you're the Eagles, you had to re sign Bradbury. I mean, look how many people. yeah, you've oh, lost. yeah for you sure. You lost TJ Edwards. You, uh, you Fletcher Cox is still out there. Hargrave went to the 49ers. Like, you've lost a lot of your defense. So they're going to be, I, I don't know what to think of the Eagles right now, like going into next year. Like, I think when we originally got to free agency, we were like, okay, when the Lions like, go to look t- towards next year, right? It's going to be the Eagles and Niners that they're going to be, like, competing against, you know what I'm saying, as mm-hmm. the three best teams. At this point, dude, I don't know if you could say the Eagles are going to be one of those teams because they're lo- they've are they lost so damn much. And for God's for sake, dude, like, if they really hire Matt Patricia and that gives Darius Slay, like, I want to get the hell out of here, what the hell? Like, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I know Hargrave cost a lot. They were never going to re-sign him. But, like, damn, like they're, they are really losing a lot of players that y- you really don't want to lose.
1: Yeah, I, no, I agree. I mean, that's another thing, too. Like, <sighs> culture and player fit and just, like, from the top to the bottom. I mean, the Eagles, their culture is, like, I mean, it's a pretty tough dude, but like, you know, that I think we could build something stronger and, and more, you know, relationship built in a better culture than the Eagles here in Detroit. And I, basically my point was that sometimes you can have all these stars and you can have all this shit, but if it doesn't fit the team and the mentality and the culture and all this, like you're going to have these things, man, where like all of a sudden, instead of wanting to stay, you got four, five, six dudes that are just splitting and going to get the bag like and and not really caring about like the team and the teammates and the staff and the culture like it it really is. You really do have to be careful when you're doing a rebuild to where like you make sure without a doubt that you're getting like the right guys in there for a long term rebuild long term success.
0: Yeah, I I think that like okay like a guy like like um, I think the Eagles would be fine, but like when you lose so many people in a in a in a, in a just one off season like that could really derail you. I think that's why, I think that's why uh, Brett Holmes resigned Anzalone, because he's no he he knows he's gonna probably lose Elliott if we're gonna be honest. He knows he might lose another couple players, so he wants to keep kind of the same cohesiveness together i think that matters a lot i think when you look at the like the niners too like that's what they're they're, that's what they're on well
1: birds of a feather man i mean if you got guys like because every coach has
0: their guy
1: their guys right like this guy's gonna help like project my image he's gonna help project my like culture like and, and like anzalone is like he's like he's a he's a coach's guy man you know what i mean like he helps project what Aaron Glenn wants to be projected. He helps project what Dan Campbell wants to be projected, what Brad Holmes wants to be projected. Like he is a culture guy. And that's probably why, you know, maybe some people think they slightly overpaid. I think it's a pretty fair deal for Anzalone. Um, But regardless, you're, 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 you're taking into the, uh, the account where you are paying some money to like have a guy that can like project your culture and like help the new guys come on in to think and feel and play the same way. So those guys are very important. And, and like you said, like every team has like that group of guys and, and, but you want them to be, you want it to make sense and you don't want it to be like the fat Trisha area, you know, Quinn Trisha, where, you know, your guys are like, you know,
0: Trey Flowers
1: and Daron Harmon and Jamie Collins, who, you know, just the Patriot way or no way. And they're just, you know, you know what I mean? So like, it definitely matters of whose guys they are, but like every team needs that grouping of guys to kind of build that culture. And, um, you know, that's why I think that they look at this drafting process so intensely because, you know, they're trying to find guys that they can throw in here that can help carry that on. And I really do think, man, that we're finally for the first time, maybe ever, the lions are a franchise that are actually building to like, be a long-term success.
0: Well, that's what I said yesterday. Like they're ba- building like be... real
1: life, bro. They're build... trying to be a long-term success. You
0: build to be sustainable, not just like a one-year wonder. You know what I'm saying?
1: And, and it makes sense because it would be like, oh, well, obviously every coach wants to have sustained success. Yeah, but it's 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 hard. It's different. Like you can want to have and build a team that has like a vision and a long-term success, long-term success. But are you actually making the moves to make that a possibility? And like this regime, it seems like they really are like, you know, trying to get it to the point where we can be, you know, be in this position where we're like playoff team for years to come. You're trying to be the Pittsburgh Steelers of the NFL. You're trying to be, you know, these teams that, you know, have like, you know, the 49ers like that over decades have had, you know, sustainable success. And I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, you th- keep
1: this going in the right direction, and you get a few more really solid years. We make a couple of playoff appearances, and we really like build the team the right way. Like, hey, you might be you might be handing Brad Brad Holmes a a blank check and a lifetime contract, man.
0: Yeah, I, I look at it like this, like I look at it like the like Cam Sutton, the Mosley signing. I think those were really good signings, to be honest. I think that those are only going to push your, yourself into another stratosphere. And I think what the Lions did in this this whole. Free agency to up until this point, which free agency starts tomorrow at four o'clock. I mean, let's be honest; it's going to put you in another stratosphere It's going to get you back into the mode, and I think what Brad Holmes did with free agency alone was set him a, set himself up for the draft, and that's what's going to be key important to him. Absolutely. All right. So this is another episode of Detroit Lions News Podcast. We will see you guys next week. We might break into with an emergency pod if something really goes down. We might have to break in. So we'll be in that we'll be whatever comes available. We'll kind of break in and give you an emergency pod if it warrants itself. If not, don't count on it because uh, there's no reason to break in with an emergency <laughs> pod if it's not emergency. Right. But it was a good podcast today, uh, Tyler. Well, and, um,
1: Levante David to the Lions on a multi-year deal. That'd be an emergency pod.
0: That would be an emergency pod. <laughs> or a trade like Darius Slayer or something along that line. Yep. All right. We will see you guys next week on another edition of the Detroit Lions News podcast. We will see you next week. Obviously, rate, subscribe, and review. And uh, if you're on Spotify, you can even donate to the show if you want. So put it down below. And uh, we will see you guys next week. All right, guys. Take it easy. All right. See you next week.